in this episode. Gender is just so complex. Putting it on a spectrum makes sense because you can sort of visualize it. So if we have like five is the middle, one is male, 10 is female, right? You're a seven or you're a two or you're a... And it sort of works to visualize, but it's not really representative of that. Now that's Jessie G, a bigender woman living in Saskatchewan, Canada, who comes onto the Cross the Yas podcast to talk about gender and more in this Curious conversation with me, Giselle Marisol. It's part one of two, with the second part coming out next Saturday, but this is episode 84 of the Cross the Yas podcast, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So how about we get ready for another one? You guys ready? Yas! Yes, 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 yes. Cross Yes Podcast with Giselle Marisol. Yas! Yes! Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to the Cross Yas Podcast. The podcast that still says yas to everything related to cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. I'm Giselle Marisol, cross-dresser, nurse, and pro-vaxxer. And if you want more information about the podcast, check out our website, www.crossyaspodcast.com, where you can find ways to support the podcast, find more bonus content, and find more interesting stuff about us. And if you have a story you want to share, just like Jesse G here, if you have a story that's cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender related, but you're wondering, hmm, how can I share this with the world? Can I talk to someone about this? Well, you know me and you know the podcast. The answer to your question is allowed. Frickin' yes! Reach out, talk to me, email me, Giselle at crossyaspodcast.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter at crossyas or DM me on Instagram at crossyaspodcast. Don't forget, we also have a Discord, which you can find on our website, www.crossyaspodcast.com. You can talk to other listeners, me and even Sierra at pretty much any time. So check that out. It's the first Curious conversation this month, guys, and pretty much of 2021, and I think you'll enjoy it. Um, this is Jesse G, who reached out to me via email um, and wanted to be on the podcast. So if you guys want to do the same, you can also be on the podcast. Just email me or hit me up now on the Discord, which is a like a app or a website where you can just chat with other people. Yeah, check that out. It's on our website. Pretty much all I have to say, it's been an interesting week already. Um, released our chit-chat episode with me and Sierra a couple days ago eh, on Thursday. Should have another episode next week, but with this episode, let's just get right into it. It's me and Jesse in a curious conversation. So I think you guys will enjoy our conversation. Uh, we talk about a lot of stuff, um, and yeah, just get into it and listen to it. Thanks, guys. Jesse. It's Jesse here. Uh, well, uh, welcome. I don't know if you want to start off with just introducing uh, yourself, Jesse. My name's Jesse. I'm late 30s and I live in Saskatchewan, Canada. Cool. And uh, what brings you to the podcast? Well, I've been listening to the podcast for a while, especially when I'm on long highway trips like I was this week. You're asking for people who want to be on. I went, yeah, sure. I've been listening to it and I've been cross-dressing. Oh, my entire life. And if there's one thing that I've learned over the years, it's uh, from the internet and everything else that we always get a lot of support from different resources such as YouTube, web pages, blogs, podcasts. So it's really good whenever we can, especially once we're a little bit more comfortable to try to add to those resources for people that may be still trying to figure this stuff out. Totally agree. Do you want to talk about how your journey started, your cross-dressing journey and how you became who you are today? Oh. Well, I suppose it's the pretty typical one. <laughs> Young child, just interested in something else and always a yearning to go over to the other side. Now that said, where I vary from a few other people is that I never really purged. Um, I sort of accepted that it was there and it was always going to be there, uh, depending on how much I engaged with it, but I never purged. And then over the years, just been getting more and more comfortable with that and now I'm into the bi-gender area and reasonably out with it. And actually, that part's been going pretty fine. So it only took 25 years to get there. But you got there, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the important part. <laughs> now, can you explain what bi-gender means? Is, is that mean gender fluid or is that something else? It sort of could mean gender fluid. Bi-gender compared to gender fluid, because gender fluid is sort of in that area, right, where 
really flexible in between everything, whereas a bi-gender is an either-or. So you have two genders distinctively showing themselves. So it's sort of like I'm either a guy or a girl. Um, none of the, Nothing really mixes in between the two. Okay, but I guess my question is how did you... Well, also, how did you know you were bi-gender versus, you know, like you never had thoughts of transitioning to be a full-on woman or, you know, you never thought like this cross-dressing could be permanent? Like what what got you to that point? I'm sure we all wonder if we're transgender. Well, actually, my opinion is that most of us are to some varying degree if you're going to go and go over to the other gender, right? Uh, one of the things that really helped me was that I actually have a blog that I write on, jessieg.ca, I think is it now, right? And so it's a good place for me just to go out, put out my thoughts and work it out. And I was late fall, I just really depressed and I wrote out a big thing and it just sort of clicked at that point. I went, oh, yeah, that's how this works. That makes total sense because I came across the term. Yeah, right, right. You know, there's lots of terms uh, in these, in all the communities and everything else. And it's like, which one do I fit into? Even though we're allowed to define ourselves, we always want to try to find a label that applies to us. And it's like, that's the one that sort of works. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I feel like all of us are just really trying to find somewhere to fit in, right? And labels do help. <laughs> Although for like myself and like cross-dressing and even like what, like 15, 20 years ago when we didn't have the label transgender. Like, I remember the term being transvestite, where it was like, oh, that's kind of it. You know, when I was a growing prepubescent, like, teenager, and you're like, oh, I like, I like the, that as far as, like, as a sexual kink, because, you know, you would get aroused or whatnot. So I was like, maybe I'm a transvestite, right? <laughs> I don't know oh, if you yeah. had those similar, similar experiences. Oh, yeah, well... Let's see now, late 30s now. So I started researching this stuff online in the mid-90s on GeoCities West Hollywood. That's a way long ways back. And of course, nice. back then. GeoCities, yeah. you guys. I don't think if, I wonder if anyone listening knows what GeoCities is. Maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> oh, there's a certain amount of people because for a time frame, that was the only place you could find anything. Yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so back then it was, you had transvestites, of course, were the sexual kink as you mentioned cross-dressers sort of existed as the non-sexual kink transgender and then transsexual was still being very much used at that point in time and the plus side was it sort of split up transgender and all everything else but at the same time like eh, i can also understand why they don't want to use that term right right was the uh the tr <laughs> well the coming out process easy for you are you even out publicly i mean if you have a blog i'm sure you you are but um how was that process for you coming out to family friends or if that even happened <laughs> well i had a blog for years and years and years but i would never have pictures on it and jesse is actually my middle name i never got around to creating a femme name in part because <laughs> right. i never thought it was separate from me because some people mm. it's like it's a separate identity it's a separate person it's a different and could never really do that. Mm -hmm. And then I just finally went, oh, I'll just use my middle name because that's just a really easy to go with it. And then, yeah, after I started to come out, I sort of accepted that part and, you know, talked to the spouse, been with 13 years. She's just known about the cross-dressing the entire time. And then, oh, nice, um, nice. yeah, well, it's one of those things where, especially you read enough blogs and stuff like that, you have these people where they've always been a cross-dresser, but they kept it secret. Then they're 10, 5, 5, 10, 15, 20 years into a marriage, and then it comes out. And the spouse doesn't seem to be angry about the, uh, they never seem to be particularly angry about the cross-dressing. It's the fact that there was a secret that they were never told. So my entire dating, I've always tried to be reasonably open with that. Right, as soon as you're long enough into a relationship where it's like, okay, maybe you'll want to keep going with this. Um, oh, right, coming out. So then... I came to all those conclusions, and then I just started talking to specific friends and building up, right, that support network. And then the uh, family came a little bit later. And then finally in December, I uh, just put out a Facebook post. It's like, yep, here we go. Actually, very negative has happened to it. Of course, the 
parents, the older generations on both sides had a few more concerns, a little bit more shocking for them, but that seems to have uh, ironed out reasonably well. <laughs> like, well, what kind of concerns do they have? Um, the best way to put it would probably be just not understanding. As the parents-in-law were like, they would understand it better if I just wanted to be a woman. But they have a tough time with the going between the two. Because especially, right, for boomers, Generation Xers, it's much more of a two-gender system. And then, of course, those of us that are millennials and younger, it seems to be a lot more, right, fluidity is allowed. This seems to be more accepting that, yeah, you kind of operate in both. So I think that was the understanding part. Right. Now, like, it's always interesting. I always like learning how you found your support system. Like, how did you know that they would be accepting? Or did you know they weren't going to be accepting? Did you have your fears or hesitation to even approach them? (laughs) Well, we always have our fears. But when I did my degree, because I went to university and I was originally computer science, and then I went, hmm, don't want to do this. Uh, dropped out, and then went back a few years later, that time into sociology. And in sociology, I actually focused on sex, gender, and sexuality, right? And how it interacts in society. And my honors thesis was on how sexual subcultures, in that case, I used the uh, kink culture, the uh, sadomasochistic bondage culture as uh, how they use the internet to create community, especially if people are far flung, because it applies to my experience. And because are you, are you that, saying you have SM experience there, Jesse? <laughs> I, I'm saying I've done a lot of research into a lot of it. Nice, nice. <laughs> oh, everybody has some experience in some SM. There's always a slap and a scratch somewhere. True, true. Yeah. Well, I've had my uh, share of ouches. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good as long as everybody is consenting and okay with it. Uh, yeah. And actually, they're an interesting mm-hmm. community. Just that'd be a totally different topic. But they have training sessions and everything else because you have to be really safe when you're hanging people up with ropes. And they get they have uh, mandatory first aid training. And it is, yeah, bizarre. One but would think, the, right? One would think yeah. they would know how to tie someone up. <laughs> with uh, safely you would hope yeah, tie them up and more importantly get them out of it quickly true because you never want someone hanging by their feet in the air yeah <laughs> and the then room. have something go wrong <laughs> yeah i think i had a uh, callie she's the one with the flamethrower i don't know if you heard her thing yeah that was that was interesting that was <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah flame play yeah fire fire is never something fire. i usually want in the bedroom unless there's candles but you know, teach their own, I guess. Mm, yeah, candle waxing, candle. Where was? It? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I forgot where we were. Sorry. Um. <laughs> all right. How I came out and how I developed that friend network. So one of the plus sides yes, yes, of doing yes. that mm-hmm. degree was that, um, I'm able. Right, I was able to talk about gender and these sort of issues in a very academic way with other academic people, and so through that. Because, like, I mean, once you have a certain, once you get to a certain point with your education and your friends and everything else, you start to have common interests. And then you just sort of know if they're going to be like, oh, I hate the LGBT people or not. And I just simply cut those Yikes. people out. <laughs> I, I don't have time for those people. Even if I wasn't into it, I still wouldn't have time for it. Like, I me, mean, my best friend is a gay Leatherman. So it's like, I don't have time for that stuff. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so that's just sort of how that network went. So you get your two or three really close ones that you sort of build your confidence with and then stretched out piece by piece by piece. But unfortunately, at some point in time, we're all just going to have to take the dive off the deep end. I agree. See, I guess the other hard part is too is I don't know what how Saskatchewan is or how Canada is, but there's a lot of, um, I want to say, parts of the US. I mean, speaking because I'm from uh, the United States, yeah. where there are just pockets of pure racism, pure like hatred that's spewed by family members, friends, religious cults, you know, like that kind of stuff. And you're if you're a crossdresser who you know you're born as a crossdresser, you've known you've always wanted a crossdress, and then you are in that 
you know, in that social circle, like, how do you get out of that? Right? Like, how do you, you can't just get rid of your mom, you know, who's like this, or you just can't get rid of Sally and Bob who have raised you. I don't know. Yeah. Unfortunately with the parents, they sort of have to figure it out or not. Thankfully, my dad was pretty easy going on it. My mom had to go online and do research. Oh, yay. Go, mom. Mom's yeah. research. Yes. Do it, mom. <laughs> uh -huh. Of course, they both have liberal arts uh, degrees also, so maybe they're a little more easier going. But of course, yeah. okay. I was caught when I was a kid a couple times, right? Stuff comes Ooh. up. What happened? What happened, Jesse? You got to tell us. You got to tell us. Mostly they just got mad and just made me get rid of everything. Oh, so they forced you to purge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And of course, she looked into her old 1970s uh, psychology textbooks, transvestitism, treatment, See? electroshock therapy. And I'm like, oh, God, uh, uh, at least I didn't go down that road because, hey, that's how they treated back then. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Anything that was outside of uh, cisgendered and heterosexuality. Yeah, it was it was bad. <laughs> they would shock you or even do um lobotomies for some people you know yeah wow. do ice pick lobotomies wow or hook up sensors to the penis and then if you got aroused on certain things you get a shock and then oh god you do not really unless you need to don't yeah. go into the academic stuff they did in the 50s 60s 70s oh. it is ironically enough before that in some ways it wasn't quite as bad what did they do? It, oh, art because electroshock wasn't really an option back then. So those sorts of treatments weren't just out there. At the same time, most people just didn't weren't out there with it anyway, so it didn't come up as much of an issue. But I know for those yeah. that are intersex, it, I wrote a paper on that one. It's interesting because since the option of right sex changes came up, now... A lot of times, or at least for a while there, it's like, okay, we're going to just make you this one or that one. Whereas before surgery was an option, uh, a lot of cultures, even in Europe and places like that, going back 150, 200 years that they can trace, they would just sort of let them be. And then they would be able to go man or woman when they felt whichever one they wanted to be later. So in some ways, the medical science made it a lot harder for people. Mm, right, right. It's uh -huh. sort of like hormones, right? It used to be you had to be living full time. You had to make sure that you identified as gay or as a straight woman and everything else before they would even consider you. And now they're a lot more flexible on that stuff. Right. And there's way more terms for things. There's more understanding. Even in the last like 10, 15 years, maybe especially in the last 10 years, I feel like the switch from, I, I wrote a paper about transvestic fetishism in college, which was like, what, 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago. And that's pretty much out the book, except in the DSM, it's still in there, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm sure some people it is a fetish, which is fine. I mean, if it's your thing, it's your thing. But then, of course, for other people, like, I mean, like us, it's like, no, this is just my way of being. I mean, sure, there's some eroticism to some of it, but that applies to everything. Right, right. I think the problem, though, in the DSM is that it's, diagnosed for people who especially for me growing up not knowing what i was and then reading a textbook a psychological diagnosis book that like labels what you have as uh as a you know like a diagnosis like you have a problem and i was like huh do i have well, a problem you know well yeah and that said even if uh even if you just get your jollies by uh dressing up in women's clothing or vice versa then does it really matter? Does it need to be in the DSM? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, right. I guess I should tell you about Saskatchewan. I'm about three yeah, yeah. hours straight north of the North Dakota, Montana border. Mm. Big uh, flat America. open prairie. Yeah. I was going to say America's flatland. <laughs> oh, <don't>... yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm in the flatland, too. I'm very used to it. Be very careful here. <laughs> I was in BC um, having to visit family this last week, hence the reason this all got delayed. And, you know, you get out of the foothills and it's like, oh, this is so much more comforting for all this nice flat land. I can see everything. Highways are straight. This is great. Nice. So you like it straight is what you're saying. Mm. 
Uh, um, Easy to drive. True, true. Now, how is it being a bi-gender person where you are? Is it a accepted thing? Has it been a challenge? Has it been like you've met other people or do you have to drive really far away that some people do to go to different cities or, you know, I don't uh, know what the well, population's like. Well, here in Regina, we have right around 200,000 people. And we're the capital of the province. And, like, I mean, within the city, like, I mean, I actually have, like, almost zero fear of going out anywhere, any point in time during the day wearing women's clothing. I mean, some people might look at you funny, but nobody has been openly hostile. Even if they are, I'm six foot three, 250 pounds. They're not going to really pick a fight with me. I won't pick a fight with you, Jesse. I'll just yeah. be like, okay, that, that person knows what they're doing. I'm just yeah. going to leave them alone. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. People that are shorter, yeah, they get a little bit closer, and then they get within arm's reach, and they're like, you know, maybe not. <laughs> but there are right. some parts of the province where I probably wouldn't. Ooh, and why is that? Well, just because it is... You're right, small town, older generations, rural communities. I'm sure I'd be fine most of the time, but we have racism. We have all those things up here. And I mean, there was one guy in a town who decided to uh, run up a Nazi flag. That hmm. lasted about two days until some people, uh, some indigenous people from a local reserve came over, tore it down, lit it on fire, videotaped it all, posted on uh on Facebook and the RCMP as it should be. <laughs> yeah. And the RCMP were like technically illegal. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. charges were laid. Mm -hmm. It was explained that they shouldn't be taking people's property and lighting it on fire. Yeah, but right. I think most of us are okay with the Nazi flag being torn down and lit yeah, on fire. That's fine. <laughs> so we have racism because some people, and especially in the States, I know sometimes are like, oh, Canada's didn't have nearly the problems. It's like, oh, we have problems. We just seem to be slightly more aware of it and more willing to deal with it in some ways. Yeah, we have a lot of uh, privileged people here in the United States in the strangest areas, or at least they're publicly shown on TV and stuff. But I live in, we live in a, in a beach town and Huntington oh, yeah. Beach right now, and it's, not getting the greatest uh, media coverage because <laughs> there's a lot of Nazi supporters and Trump supporters. Sometimes that's synonymous, <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah, whereas know. our conservatives would be your Democrats. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Well, the entire country is just slightly more left. Like, I mean, Regina is where um, Tommy Douglas, he was the premier here for years, and he was the one who really championed for, and we're the first province that got uh, universal health care brought in. Ooh, congrats. Man, you guys are so lucky. He's <laughs> living in America, you are like one accident away from bankruptcy, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. World bankruptcy, financial bankruptcy, you're pretty much fucked if you get hurt in America without insurance. Oh, so. yeah. Anytime I'm in the States, I'm like, oh, I'm not going... Even if I just have to, even if I'm just cutting down to Minot, which is like an hour and a half drive in for the day. Oh, I'm not going down there without health insurance. <laughs> smart, smart girl. Smart girl there, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm also not going to cross for a little while until the other issues that are going on down there right now are sorted out a bit. Yeah, we have plenty of them. And and cross-dressing is one of the last things, but it's still a, still a huge issue. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's still a stigma. It's still a stigma here. Bathrooms. I don't know why people care so much about bathrooms. Oh my god. Is it is it a big issue there too? Like do you guys have people every, like yeah, sorry. <laughs> with bathrooms. Every once in a while you get some people on the extreme right who are uh seem awfully concerned about these these tranny men going into the washroom and it's like, well, first of all, if they're transgender and they're on hormones, they're probably not going to be super capable of raping somebody. And there's easier ways to get around <laughs> to raping people. And to be Agreed. completely yeah. honest, if I wanted, I've personally never had an urge to rape anybody. Never came up. I don't know about you. You sure? I don't know. They're, the way the media makes it sound is like all the men want to rape. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> no, not, never been my thing. <laughs> and it's just insulting for us personally for all men it, all men should take insult to that one but if yeah. i'm because i'm european descent white right everything else i have all the society check marks 
<laughs> right, right. Aside from the by gender cross-dressing stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So realistically, if I was going to rape somebody, I would probably, sadly, have an easier way. I'd probably get away with it much easier if I wasn't cross-dressing in the women's washroom. Yeah, adding as a six foot three guy, pretty sure it would be like, you know, that guy might rape us. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I've noticed is they've switched from having a men's and a women's to just having two washrooms. Oh, yeah, so, that's good. That's a good. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. And it speeds up the washroom process. Imagine that. Huh. <laughs> but you guys do have racism and sexism. How's the LGBTQ, uh, I guess, uh, community viewed in Canada as a whole? Well, that one is, well, varies from place to place, but it's one of those things where you never, when you're a little liberal, it might be until you look at comparison to everything else. Like sure, in yeah. Canada, um, gay and lesbians were allowed in the military or in the openly in the early 90s. Uh, marriage equality, same sex marriage was brought on 2006 and gender um, it was brought in under the current government with uh, Trudeau covered underneath the uh, uh, human rights code. So it's covered under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Look at you guys. So progressive. We barely have bathrooms. <laughs> oh. It's it's. Okay. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> you see, the thing is that for us, we we uh, repatriated our constitution, everything in 1980. Because smart group, smart group. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah, we took it back. We took it back from England because they still technically had control of it. And that yeah. was uh, Pierre Trudeau, <laughs> Justin's dad. All right, got oh, it over. Up, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, the guy was the guy was a prick, but smart guy, right? And he, when he was justice minister, uh, decriminalized um, homosexuality and a whole bunch of other things. So we're pretty liberal, and it always seems to be advancing in that respect. So the LGBT community now, for the most part, it's a non-issue. Of course, some people online will lose their minds, but in person, it's much less of an issue. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, we've, um, there's the gay bar here that's been here since the 80s, 90s. And it's a community-owned local, right? So it's a not-for-profit charitable organization that's been in operation and they were doing pretty good. And then, of course, COVID-19 hit and they put out a GoFundMe and now they're back up and running again. So, yay. Real... yay. <laughs> yeah, they're community owned, just like our football team. Nice. Nice. That's good. So you guys have sports. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hockey. Hockey <laughs> and right. uh, oh, yeah. the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, nice. See, now they had their 100th anniversary two years ago, three years ago. Oh, congratulations. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, because yeah. the two oldest uh the two oldest trophies in professional sports are the Stanley Cup and the Grey Cup, which is the CFL Canadian Football League's trophy, and it has been around for hundred and six years now. Very cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. So when the Super Bowl comes on and Super Bowl thirty something, it's like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Um again, Americans are very uh boastful to put it I, lightly <laughs> i i like americans i travel into the states really nice people right north dakota south dakota i don't know if they'd be quite as friendly as in a skirt but friendly people Maybe. as yeah. a country yeah. kind of a different story but individually americans are great it's we there's pockets of us that are very understanding and very open and then there's pockets of us that you're just like did you just say that what mm -hmm. like huh know. Yeah, well, and it doesn't help that Trump is our, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's the so-called leader that a lot of us are like, well, he doesn't represent us. <laughs> well, no, he's a problem, mind you. He got he didn't get he didn't get elected in by his supporters. He got elected in by the forty-four percent of people that didn't vote in the last election. So yeah, and the majority I, of those people didn't like Hillary, which didn't help. <laughs> he, I. I'm not an American. I don't know why everybody hates her. She seemed it's like, yeah, she's not the most exciting, but she seems very efficient and uh, well qualified for the job. And her husband was president, so it's not like she doesn't know what she's getting into. 
Yeah, but, but you voted yeah. for a reality star instead. Okay. Yeah, people like to hear uh, hear him scream things, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, he says it. He says it like it is," and it's like, "Oh God." So has it Bad. gotten worse for you guys? Um, you, so you're out in California. We're in California, so we're the most. We're literally left. Yeah. So we we make the most money out of. I think. I think if we looked at the economy right now with COVID, it's bad, but we're like the eighth or ninth biggest. We could make our own economy yeah. <laughs> without without the rest of the U.S., but you know we're grouped in with those with the rest of the United States, so it looks pretty bad. But as a and there's pockets of the, the California that are very not, and I and you know I don't like getting into like binaries, right? Where you're like you're either Democrat or liberal, you're either or Democrat or Republican, you're liberal or you're republican or you're blue or you're red or you're these and that and you know we're all in it together which is unfortunate and fortunate at the same time because it's like we all vote for a president but the way our voting system is also really weird too <laughs> it's like you guys re reformatted your constitution we do that every 200 years i think yeah so, yeah you kind of need an update on the on the democratic yeah. system yeah, and then, like, yeah, how voting is done, guns rights, slavery still happens with the criminal system. It's it's a fuck. It's we're kind of fucked here in America, but it's home. So uh, yeah, no, we have a uh, yeah, no, we have actually we don't have slavery in the prisons. We don't have them working like that. But people need to get tough on crime, and it's like well, just sending away for prison isn't going to help anything because they're just going to come out even less tossed in with society. Yep. Agreed. We're only <laughs> now dealing with 150 years of the treatment of the indigenous people in the residential school system, which was destroyed a culture. Yep, yep. We did that too with the Native Americans. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, apologized a few years ago for the Chinese head tax. Oh, yeah, yeah. Vancouver, right? Was that in Vancouver? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah the West Coast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, um, oh, right. And uh, we apologized for the Japanese internment camps during the Second World War. During the Second World War. Yeah, we did that too. We did that yeah. too. I love, I love the collective uh, shame that Amer America and Canada have both done. Yeah. Both here. <laughs> but think of it this way: like, I mean, we were in the at one point in time, we were the much more conservative of the two countries, and we've made a lot of improvements. That's, so true. That's true. There's hope. God, we hope so. We do hope so. We need it, <laughs> at least in the U.S. and maybe we the rest of the world. Yeah. We also have five. Uh, we also have four national political parties that run, so it diversifies the uh, political spectrum a bit. Well, that's nice. That's that's nice. I like the the options. <laughs> the optionality is very nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Getting back to the gender world, um, yes. you you've written a bunch of um, papers. You said you've done thesis. You have your degree in it. What is your uh, what is your take on? the gender spectrum or the cross-dressing, how that fits into there and with sexuality, like how does it all tie in? If it's all related, your thoughts? Oh, oh boy. Yeah. That's always sort of a mess. Yeah. Cause sex, gender and sexuality. Yeah. Now we're using the term gender and that one has never really sat well with me because especially if you take gender and then you look at it with first wave, second wave, third, all the way up to new wave feminism and all of these other things, it's like, it's not really a spectrum in my mind. The best way to think oh, about okay. it for me would be like a three-dimensional scatter plot. Hmm, like okay. Gender is just so complex. Putting it on a spectrum makes sense um, because you can sort of visualize it. So if we have like five is the middle, one is male, 10 is female, right? You're a seven or you're a two or you're a... And it sort of works to visualize, but it's not really representative of that. I mean, and that's always going to be a problem because gender is, at the end of the day, mostly a social construct in a lot of ways. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You go to different cultures, different parts of the world, and gender is totally different. And things that are not accepted here are totally normal somewhere else and vice versa. So... Yeah, it can be an absolute mess to try to figure out that sometimes, especially since 
the 1950s, thanks to feminism, right? Women are a lot more able to express and go into those traditionally male areas. Now, one of the problems that we've had, and this is the one thing the meninists get right, everything else is wrong. But one <laughs> thing that they do have right is that since like the 1950s, the gender roles and expectations for men haven't changed as much as they have for women. Nope, not at all. Because mm -hmm. you're nursing, right? Yes, correct. Uh huh. H how many other males are there in nursing? Surprisingly, there are way more now. It's oh, really such a weird like change, but it's a welcome change, obviously. But um, yeah, yeah it's it's getting better, at least in the role of nursing. Yeah. So women were getting in to be doctors, but not as much men were going in to be nurses for the longest time. There wasn't it. So that's where gender gets kind of. We have to disconnect some of those things. It's sort of like we need to disconnect the idea of nurses being women to being anybody. Right, uh, right. Kindergarten teachers, they don't have to be women. Mechanics don't need to be men. And it's, uh, as I said in one class, it's like parenting, mother, father, yada, yada. And I'm like, can't, can't we just make sure everybody's a parent? Right, <laughs> right. right. Mm -hmm. To make sure it's okay for men to take paternity leave and stay home with the kid for a few months after they're born to, while the mother goes back to work. And yeah, so gender is complex in that respect. Like, I mean, where it gets a lot simpler, of course, is sex. So, right, male, female, biological male, female, as opposed to the masculine, feminine. I'm sure everybody knows that, but I always have to clarify. Uh, that one's much easier because... For the most part, it's either or, and 5% of the population is intersex, give or take, depending on study. And so that one's reasonably easy. But then if it's getting into transgender, right, because we used to have the term transsexual, which was pretty clear mm -hmm. of going all the way. Yeah. Or tranny is what they would usually be called. Like, oh, it's a yeah, tranny. tranny. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Was a catch all for all of them. There's right. actually a really interesting YouTube channel. I'd have to look up the name, but it's a woman on Vancouver Island, and she transitioned in the 80s. Oh, hmm. Oh, and she has some, I mean, she, her, her videos are good, but she goes through, like, when she was prostituting, and she was very open about all this stuff, and how most of the people she knew from that time are dead because of AIDS. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get her on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so that one's reasonably simple, but right. So gender, if you're expressing gender, right. So of course it gets more complex if I'm a male, right. I have all the chromosomes and all the parts, but if I'm expressing as a woman, yeah, that is your classic transgender, but sexuality doesn't play into it. I mean, it doesn't matter who you're into. There's lots of men that are into men, women that are into women, people that are into all of it. So, and I think we're getting better about separating the sexuality from sex and gender. Right. Now, how does cross-dressing fit into all this? Cross-dressing, if I were to make a spectrum of transgenderism from 1 to 10, 1 being not at all, totally cis, 10 being getting all the surgeries, going all the way over, I would probably put cross-dressing on that 2-3 area. So you're expressing a differing gender, right? So yes, it is going across, right? Latin, across, gender. Sort of like transvestite meant across clothing. So we're definitely expressing differing genders when you're putting on the clothes. It doesn't mean you have to be, I'm Sally, and prance around and everything else, but you're definitely expressing a different aspect of gender. So I'd put that on a two or a three if I were forced to put it on a scale. So you're not going into the medical stuff. You just like to be a girl sometimes. So okay. Okay. I sort of second cousin to transgenderism, if that makes sense. So would you classify, and if you like to put labels, and not everyone does, no. would cross-dressing fit as someone saying transgender like if if i'm hey i'm a crossdresser would i be okay to say i'm also transgender if i just purely crossdress to wear women's clothes does that make me a transgender <laughs> i would say 
Well, there's a difference. Society would say no. Uh, my perspective, but I've been steeped in it in a long time. I would say <laughs> it wouldn't be necessarily wrong because mm. transgender has become such a broad catch-all in many ways. But then we've also come up with bi bi gender, gender fluid, and all the other gender terms to sort of move it away, so that transgender is just that one section again. So okay, on a okay. very academic level, I suppose it wouldn't cause any issues for me personally, but in a social circle, no, nah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I agree <laughs> because there is so much tension already within the transgender community. And then you throw that in with the LGBTQ community that I think a lot of cross-dressers and I've talked about this before with the interviews I've done and interviews that will come up is where do we fit, right? We've talked about labels. We talked about fitting in. Where does it, where does a cross-dresser fit in that spectrum if they are even allowed to, right? Yeah, because being straight and not going all the way over sometimes alienates us from the rest of the LGBT communities. Right, right. Especially, right. Me, the white middle class guy, I mean, I have all the other plus sides checked off and sometimes hope nobody takes this one the wrong way. But sometimes there's a little bit of a discrimination going towards me having all those check boxes, a little bit of resentment. Yeah. OK. A little white privilege, as they say. Yeah, I, I totally yeah. have white privilege. <laughs> yeah. I totally do. <laughs> I know what it means. Right, right. All right. It it, it doesn't mean that I have necessarily bonuses. It just means that I don't have any negatives assigned to me. Right. That's a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't have bonuses. We just can play the game a lot better because we set up a North American society to benefit us. Well, I didn't <laughs> personally. Everybody yeah. before me did. Yeah. Um, Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, white people have done some horrifying things. It's uh, true. It's true. I'm sorry about that. It wasn't me personally. I will totally work to fix it, but I'm not taking responsibility for it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Because you're or your family are from Philippines. I'm from the yeah. My family is from the Philippines, but and then it gets to the point where we're like, oh, are you, are you Phil? I talked to a, I, I just interviewed a Filipino crossdresser, and somebody confused them because they're like, oh, where are your parents from? It's like, oh, the Philippines. No, but where are they from? I'm like the Philippines. He's like, yeah, but you're an American. He's like, wait, what? Yeah. He's like, he couldn't get, he couldn't grasp the idea that it's Phil. He was American, but his parents were Phil from the Philippines. He, it was, it's odd. Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised. Right. It's like me. I'm Scottish, Irish, Norwegian, and Swedish five generations ago. Uh, my grandmother was born in Kansas. So am I American? Am I? No, I'm Canadian. <laughs> right but right, right so it's going to be a different experience for you than it is for me right but people want to group you with all the people that have preceded you preceded before you like oh you will you well I, I let me ask you this how do you feel about i mean you already kind of said it but like do you feel guilt <laughs> do you that white guilt i guess for being white i don't know i don't know how you feel about that <laughs> I really, I really don't think I feel much in the way of white guilt. I think I just feel that society has let people down and I'm part of society. Okay. Okay. Like, I mean, uh, I mean, like, Swedish, Swedish, Norwegian, that means that they I mean there's Vikings and Vikings first got to North America a thousand years ago. And right. So right. My family's been doing this for a while. My spouse, uh, she's from New Brunswick out on the East coast and her family dates back to 16 something out here. I don't really feel as much white guilt because I am not taking responsibility for what happened before. What my current generation, okay. the current political climate, the current issues, I guess maybe a bit of white guilt or some responsibility that I can at least do something. Hmm. That's true. That's true. But for the previous stuff, I'm like, eh, well, you mean Filipinos are a prime example. Um, we have a lot of people immigrating here from the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Probably nurses, uh, right? Uh, quite a few nurses. <laughs> um, 
and I haven't been to the Jolly Bee yet. We got a Jolly Bee now. Oh, nice. Where? Yeah. <laughs> oh, just the other side of the city. So interesting. If you, if you want to know how many Filipinos we have living here, we have a Jolly Bees. That's that's huge, by the way. That's <laughs> yeah. humongous. That means there is going to be a Kaiser or a hospital built real close to that Jolly Bee. <laughs> or a uh, nursing home or something. Oh, where... well, let's see now. There is some nursing. Oh, those aren't nursing homes. Those are. There's some old folks homes out there. Yep, there you go. That's us. That's us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just took over from uh took over from something that was there. It came in about a year after Popeyes. <laughs> I don't understand Popeyes chicken, but what? Well, I've gone over there. I'm like, it's okay, but KFC is down the road. Oh man, Popeyes. I guess the, okay. I guess the sandwiches are supposed to be really good. Yes, yas, yas. If anything, I yas to with those sandwiches. They're so good. I wouldn't shoot anybody over it, but <laughs> oh man, imagine I'm only in America because we have done. Uh, yeah, and we have poutine. So <laughs> there you go. Have you had uh, a proper poutine? I have. I've been to Vancouver. I've been to Toronto. Um, I want. I wanted to make my way that way, more you know, middle Canada. What do you guys call? It? Is that is that middle Canada? Where the okay. So the split up is you have the Maritimes which would be New Brunswick, PEI, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, and that's all connect. New Brunswick is connected to Maine. Mm -hmm. Then you have Middle Canada, which is Quebec and Ontario. Okay, so, okay, got it. And then Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta, which the center of the country is in Manitoba. Hmm. Um, those three provinces, so we're tying up to the Dakotas, Montana, and what's below? Anyways, so that's Western Canada. Then you hit mm -hmm. the Rockies. And once you get over the Rockies in the Vancouver area, that's the West Coast. Got it. Okay. But yeah, I, I've been to that side of Canada. And nice. it was really pretty. <laughs> I thought it was really pretty. Oh, to Banff and Jasper, they're nice. Mm. But those are in the mountains. Montreal is good. Oh, okay. I think uh, my fiance has been in Montreal. Yeah. She, she loved it. A lot of French, a lot of hockey. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter because in Montreal, they all speak English also. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, let's see what else I want to ask you about you. Oh, so, yeah, I, suppose, um, I suppose we should keep it on cross dressing and gender issues, shouldn't we? Not a I don't know. I mean, blog. eventually we'll get to, we'll get to hockey and, um, you can edit and... it all out later. <laughs> but why? I'm sure there's yeah. cross-dressing hockey, hockey players out there. I'm sure. Oh, there's cross-dressers everywhere. Uh, people are getting a lot more open about it. Are they? What are they doing? Well, just people aren't nearly as horrified about it. I don't know about the hockey players, but to say, right, people are only coming out as, you know, gay in those professional sports the last few years. But it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting there. Is there, do you have events? Do you hold events or do you go to events for crossdressers or the LGBTQ community? Like, uh, I there are some events, but I haven't really gotten around to going to a lot of them. I mean, obviously, because <laughs> COVID. I mean, nobody's nobody's going around anywhere unless. But you guys are open again, so I, I don't. Sort of uh, open again. We're on phase okay. four of five because we locked down really fast. Nice and. Um, so our cases until a few weeks ago were very, very, very low. Um, nice. And in the last few weeks, it's been spiking a lot. Uh, we're talking mm. hundreds, but um, right, is it 32, us? 50 new. Nope. Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. I thought border, are we getting over? <laughs> nope. That border is locked down. You guys okay. ain't coming in. All right. Nothing cool. personal, but you're staying I, down there. Yeah. None taken. We, it's, it starts at the top for us. <laughs> So, oh, well, God. what's happening here is that um, the Hutterite colonies, um, what's the best way to describe Hutterites? They're Mennonites. So sort of like the Amish, communal living okay, communities, okay. sort of like the Amish, only they have all the best technology. They have the best new combines. They have, huh. they are super technological, but they're Mennonite communal living. Oh, and okay. so there was a big funeral. And people from all the Hutterite colonies went over, representatives, and then it spread um, into those communities. Mm, so we're mm. getting 40, 50 new cases, but they're isolated into those communal living. 
areas. Got it. It's really okay. unfortunate. But here in the city, I think right now, last check, we had four active cases. So we're doing pretty good. That's amazing. Four. I think we've in one in, in my hospital yesterday, there was at least 40. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, put on your everybody. I don't care where you are. Here we go. Yes. Thing to it. Put on your mask. Wash your hands. No, it is not an erosion of your rights to put on your mask. And if you're worried about your blood oxygen level dropping down, take your phone out. It has an SpO2 sensor on it, like the galaxies do, the iPhones do. You can put on the mask and watch your blood watch your blood oxygen level not change. Uh, don't don't bring science here. Don't, oh, don't yeah. bring that. Don't, don't bring, bring that into. Or a, or or a face shield. Put on a face shield if you're not comfortable with the mask. I'm, I get that. Don't bring science here, Jesse. We don't, we don't, we are Americans. We don't, we don't believe in science. We need to open the schools. That's, that's what's going to do. We're going to open the schools. Uh, Anyways, I just, yeah, we're all tired of it. We're all tired of this pandemic. We all want it to be over. But the one plus side that I think that we might start to see after all this, if we can take any plus sides out of this, is that um, we have a lot more people working from home. So a lot of those people that may have wanted to be right, they were closeted and just cross-dressing at home every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, they have so much free time to more fully explore it because that's how I sort of ended up where I am. I just sort of let myself explore it and push myself a little bit more into the rabbit hole and just let myself see where stuff went. So after working from home for four, five, six, seven months, if people have been wearing those clothes all the time, when they're allowed to go back, they may be less wanting to go back as hmm. just a dude. So we might see a, a slight spike in people that are elsewhere, identifying as elsewhere on the gender spectrum. So maybe that'll be a good thing. That's true. That's a good point. Can you ex- can you elaborate further on your rabbit hole digging? Like, how did you get to? To becoming Jesse in public. Uh, well, because I've always sort of used the illusion of going down the rabbit hole from Alice in Wonderland. All right, because she goes down the rabbit hole and she ends up in the mysterious, mystical place of Wonderland. Actually, I'm looking at a copy of it right now on my bookshelf. Um, nice. Probably the shrooms, though. That's probably what it was. Yeah, yeah, it could totally be the shrooms. <laughs> Oh, that's a messed up book. And we won't get into the stuff the author did, but (laughs) the illusion works well because you don't know, right? She didn't know it was down that hole. Um, And cross-dressing, and I think that's one of the things that can hold a lot of cross-dressers back, is wondering if they start to go down that road, are they going to end up on a surgery table getting their Audi turned into an innie? Right? I mean... Right, going right. All the way down there. Yeah, people automatically assume, well, I like this skirt. Got to get got to get my dick cut off now, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, it'd be a lot easier to wear them without it. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. Um, if I could swap out for a month, I totally would. But it's a like, fairly permanent likewise. thing. Likewise. Yeah. Likewise. <laughs> um, so the yeah, so the rabbit hole is one of those things that people are always fearful to go into. And then right in the book, she falls and she in the movie, she sees all these things as she's falling down. So once you go into that rabbit hole, how far down is that hole going to go? And, and a lot of times, like, I mean, it, there's a lot of fear, right? Because social pressures and not being accepted by society. And losing status in society and everything else is always going to be a fear and a justifiable fear. Do not get me wrong. Anybody who's a super closeted cross-dresser who does not want anybody to find out because they fear the social repercussions, I get it. Totally understand it. But once I accepted that and just went down the rabbit hole, right? That was like a two, three-year project of just pushing myself further and further, going out more. And being more open with it. I mean, plus side is here. I have to wear a coat for six months of the year because it gets down to minus forty. Doesn't matter oh. if it's Fahrenheit or Celsius. That's pretty cold. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's that's just cold. Yeah, it's just cold. <laughs> and then when I started coming out, it wasn't nearly as bad as I ex- uh, I was uh, accepting expecting. Sort of like um, well, I've 
I work in a not-for-profit or did. I'm currently not working because all of the industry is down. Um, COVID. And, yeah. yeah, COVID. <laughs> COVID, COVID, COVID. We have the plague. And um, yeah, I talked to them and they're like, yeah, sure. Come in, dress, whatever. They're like, we just ask that uh, at least that for the next little while, if you're doing any like public conferences, teaching classroom stuff, you know, you're not going over there which is technically not legal for them to ask. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I totally get that. Well, um, yeah, yeah, they can't say that. That's not like, sounds illegal. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty illegal. Well, I've also known her for like 20 years. Uh, now she's pretty open huh. about that stuff. But wait, but is, are they worried that you, they'd get sued? I don't, why no, would they? no, 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 no. It's just oh. uh, public relations. Working with oh. small towns. Got it. Okay. And they probably know you, right? They'd be like, oh, what the hell is Jesse doing? Yeah. as a girl, you know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of places know me. Um, I mean, you're a six foot three guy. I mean, you know, cross dressed by gender guy. Like, how how do they not miss you, right? Yeah, unless yeah. They're they're all, miss me. Unless they're like six foot five guys that are taller than you, and you happen to be the shortest one there, then, I, then maybe uh, only every <laughs> once in a while. I have ha- I've <laughs> have been around groups of people where I'm only average. What are you? Is there is that the basketball team or the volleyball uh, team? No, no, that was just some guys that I knew. Um, yeah, just some guys I knew, big guys. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you know, the Nordic stock were very tall. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I mean, work, they were fine with it. And um, now I'm sure she'd be pretty fine with me doing that stuff openly now, especially since I'm out on Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. And all that other stuff. But because um, at first it's like, ooh, um, hmm. All right. And concerns. And then right. that only lasted about three weeks. Hmm. Basically, we got together with me all done up and just had drinks, and she's been fine with it since. So. Cute, cute. Okay, okay. Well, coming out to your wife, I guess, um, you said it was like a early thing. She was your girlfriend first, and then your wife, I'm assuming, fiancé, then wife. Um, yeah. Oh, no, no, we're just common law. Oh, okay. Yeah, neither of us, uh, it's like, oh, we could get married. Or we could put a down payment on a house. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, then. We've been together 13, 14 years now. It's not really a requirement. Legally, we're common law, so we're close enough. And we're like, eh, don't really care. Huh. Okay. Uh, my friend who's uh, right, I have a friend, right, he's gay. And um, it was really important for them to get married because I hadn't thought about this. Me, her and I as common law spouse, if there's an accident, an emergency, Right. If I show up and I'm like, well, I'm her spouse at the emergency room, even though we don't have the same last name. Right. They're probably going to accept it. Even if they don't, we have the same address. Whereas for him, right. mm-hmm. um, it's there's a, it's a lot harder for the common law male to go and say they are the common law spouse of this. Right. There's some pushback there sometimes. So. Sorry, can you describe what common law means? I I, I ah. personally don't know what that is. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a law. It's, there's they, a law. It's in common. <laughs> they live in a commons. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> common don't law. Know. Common law is a legal term. Um, cohabitation. Basically, once you here in the province of Saskatchewan, which defines right the marriage laws for the province, after you've been living together in a relationship for two years, you are common law spouse. So it is the same as being married. So it is so it is the same as being married. Yeah, but you're not married. Huh. Like there's no paperwork. There's that's why I just call her spouse. Oh, okay. Some people are like, oh, so your partner, and even the people I know, like my my, my one friend who's like gay Leatherman, he's like, nah, partner sounds pretty gay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're close enough to be married without the paperwork. Okay. So I don't okay. take offense to the term wife. It's just mm-hmm. got it. Okay, okay. But so, um, we were but coming out to her and stuff. How did how was that? And that was the first part of my Curios conversation with Jesse G. Stay tuned for next week with our second part of the Curios conversation with me, Giselle Marisol, and Jesse G. And finally, the miscellany. Yes. And again, that was it, you guys. Hope you enjoyed it. You heard me and Jesse uh, pretty much talk about everything, gender, cross-dressing, and I don't know, we dived a little bit deeper into topics like politics, race, and even white privilege. 
I really love that Jessie G was so knowledgeable about gender and as she, if you check out her website, her blog, uh, she has a Bachelor of Arts with honors in sociology where she studied gender and sexuality. I don't know, I just really found that, I don't know, she opened my mind and I guess I learned more about uh, how she's living her life as Jessie and I don't know how cross-dressing and gender is seen outside of the United States because, you know, sometimes as an American, I can kind of feel like, I guess the stereotype is kind of true, where we Americans think the world revolves around us and I don't know, it doesn't. But I don't know, it's kind of cool to see that the world of cross-dressing and um, sexuality is even kind of the same north of us, uh, north of the United States to our neighbors uh, in Canada. But I don't know. Uh, we get a little deeper into uh, the conversation next week about how she becomes Jessie G in the second part of my Curious conversation with her. And although I conducted this interview back in September of 2020, I don't know, some of the stuff still applies. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Again, hope you guys found our conversation interesting and you learned a little bit more about her and me and cross-dressing in general <laughs> and gender as well. Stay tuned. I should have an episode next week that I hope to answer the question of the month where, and I'll even propose a new question of the month. And I don't know what topic I, I'll talk about. Maybe feminization of voice, which is what I wanted to talk about uh, this past Wednesday. Uh, yeah, and hopefully no more crazy news happens because if it does, you guys should know that I'm probably going to talk about it next Wednesday. But uh, let's target that date and target feminization of voice on Wednesday. And yeah, uh, that's it. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Um, yeah, and stay safe, guys. Wear your mask. Get your shot if you can for all you healthcare workers and people who are just open to taking a vaccine. You guys need it. We got to get rid of COVID. This is how we'll do it. But um, yeah, stay safe. Wash your hands and wear a mask. Yeah. And as always, keep it fresh. Stay blessed. And remember, you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything. I'm just here to share my story. Have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more.